0: Yo, and hello, this is I Have a Podcast. I'm Vinny Podestivo, and you, my friend, are in for a great treat, because in today's episode, we are talking to my frosted-tipped brother from another mother, Brian McFadden. And I met him as K-Rock's Alderboy. I got to know him as MTV News Correspondent and VJ, B-Fades, and have been lucky to be, for better or for worse, connected to each other ever since the day we met. And I'll let him tell you how we met at MTV.
1: When I got to MTV, I auditioned with Rod Asa, Yeah. Who was your boss at the time. Yep. And it was the first show called Web Riot. It was the very first interactive game show. And what was cool about that was I had never done television before. And I always thought I was going to be on TV. And Rod Asa, (laughs) he only knew me as Alter Boy because I was on k (laughs) Rock. So I went to audition and I was like, "My name is uh, Brian McFadden. And... They're like, uh, sorry, there's no Brian McFadden here. I'm like, oh my God, someone playing a joke. on so Embarrassing. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's, right. it's
0: such a, a Rock thing to do. Like, yeah, yeah, we got to like- an audition at MTV. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I waited and waited and waited. name's on the list. <laughs> so I, I was about to leave. And she goes, I'm sorry, you're not on the list. And, and I sat there and waited and waited. And I was like, can you please just tell Rock Baza that I'm here? And she goes, he doesn't know Brian McFade. And I go, Alter Boy. Tell him Alter Boy is here. And she goes... Oh, they've been waiting for you. And I'm like, I've been here the whole time. I've been here for like an hour. So they had me come in and I broke out in a Randy Travis. I'm a country kid. And I broke out in a Randy Travis song. And that's how I got to MTV. I thought I blew the audition, but I had so much fun doing it. I went back to K-Rock thinking, oh, I guess I'll be here for a couple of years. And um, I went back to K-Rock, did my show. I got home. This is back before like you had cell phones. I mean, there were cell phones, but you had to have money to have ones. But I had to go home to weehawken i lived in we you remember the hawk my place there of course and i lived in weehawken new jersey and, and and i saw that i had three missed messages two of them were from my girlfriend at the time allison and one was from rod and he says brian McFadden, aka altar boy this is rod asa from mtv please give me a call back and i called back and he goes congratulations you just booked your first pilot for MTV, I started crying. I was like, "Oh my god, I cannot believe this is! I'm going to be on MTV!" Which I didn't realize that if you do a pilot, it doesn't mean you're going to be on MTV. I did the pilot right before Columbine. That's a long time ago. As a matter of fact, that's the, the anniversary is coming up here in Denver. And I did that before Columbine, and I got it. They they thought they were going to end up going in July or August, and I kept calling. You know how it is. I keep calling. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And finally, I got a phone call from Vadaesa, like it was like October. And I did this pilot like in March. That's right, we yep. did the pilot at the end of 98, and it took them almost a year to hire me. Then January, I've been thinking I'm gonna get this. And I remember telling all my friends back in Nebraska, I'm gonna be on MTV, and they're like, when dude? They thought I was lying. you know it's kind of its the new
0: remote control it's gonna be the best thing ever you know right i remember i like that
1: format the concept yeah it was the first interactive game show ever so all these months went by and rod ace called me and it was just like he goes i got good news i got bad news good news is we like you the bad news is you're not gonna be doing the pilot and it's it's picked up And I'm like, I really don't care about being liked right now. I just told all my friends back in Nebraska that I'm gonna be on MTV. And he's just like, oh no. But he goes, here's the deal we're gonna have you audition with uh, Jane Sangster and MTV News. And I'm going, MTV News? I'm not a journalist, I'm a DJ for K Rock. You know, I I tell boob and fart jokes. So they called me into the big studio. And I did an audition for MTV News. I had to write my own scripts.
0: Three scripts. You had to write one about um, an album you bought, concert or experience that you had. And probably, we gave you probably something about like the VMAs or...
1: The Grammys, I think it was. Yeah,
0: exactly. But some award show was always like that. Yeah, something like that. Perfect. Uh, Good formula.
1: And then I had to interview a a celebrity and that celebrity, yeah. yeah, I thought I was doing really well. And then all of a sudden I see my crush... And I had to interview her and, and she was in the Uptown studios and I'm like, I'm going, oh my God, Ananda Lewis. Like I had the biggest crush on her and she was like the big VJ at the time. And I'm like, Ananda Lewis, I have to interview her. And she was awesome. She knew that I was there for a reason. She was like
0: mama VJ to her maternal instincts. Like she just was like, come here, little Vinny. I got you under my wing. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, I love you, Ananda.
1: When I got hired to be a a VJ, I I remember going to uh, the MTV studios to thank her because she was hosting a show at that time called Hot Zone. She's like, oh my God, you got it. And she's like, when are you going to be on? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) And I just remember you were the first person I met my first day at MTV. From that point on, you and I were inseparable. All of a sudden, it was Brian Vinny show. You were with me every minute of the way going from my office, which I had an office. So weird. It's their own office. I'm like, just a kid. And I remember getting my office and you'd be up there and you're like, is there anything that you want? And I go, yeah, I want every episode of Beavis and Butthead on uh, the VHS. This is how long, this is yeah, how long I want the box go.
0: set. So, man. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> so I come back up from like rehearsal in the studios and I come back up there and sure enough, there's Beavis and Bud on my desk. You ever walked by my office in the MTV News Department all you heard was, uh, like how's it going? <laughs> and the door would be shut and I opened it up and was like uh, what's going on in there? I was oh, busy working. <laughs> yeah, you were with me every minute, every like step of the way like my first year at MTV. Whenever we went to parties, I made sure that you were with me. I remember like if I had girlfriends or anybody that I was dating, you vetted them.
0: <laughs> yeah there was a process i was yeah. like
1: well if Vinny likes you you're good <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it was awesome to to sort of buddy up with you especially as like you're getting your footing in this industry you don't know who to trust who to let in your world i just knew that we had this opportunity to be at MTV together and our, our timelines literally were in sync
1: we're the same age too so that helped out
0: I get it, sometimes things don't work out the way that you originally had hoped for, like the pilot, for example. But look, it opened up a door for an even bigger opportunity. I mean, once you're invited into a space like this, the people that you're working with will tend to want to find a way to work with you, to tap into your existing skill set and find something that is even greater than where you originally started from. And this is just, you know, an opportunity to take the shot and get into the space to create with the people that you want to be creating with. And I think the key to finding all of this is finding the right people to connect with. How did you go to school and become altar boy at K-Rock? Some people would think K-Rock is the dream job and then then you got MTV on top.
1: That's a good question. I became a DJ because I was DJing frat parties, man. You know, like in college. And a buddy of mine said, you should go see my buddy Chuck Yates, who was like this big DJ in Omaha. He sounded like he was the coolest guy ever, he he's like, Z92, though, home the rock and roll. Chuck Yates get a letter on 2 to 2 It's Tuesday on the Z. You know, the guy kind of was just like, oh, my God, this guy is so cool. And he goes, you should go meet with him. And, and Chuck Yates agreed to meet with me. So I, I go to this studio in Omaha, Z92. And there was this big, fat guy sitting behind the console. It just looked like he just, like, finished knocking back a few but he didn't he was just he was a really nice guy and just he let me use the the console in the studio next door to make a fake audition tape
0: how did you know how to use the console he taught me oh he taught you so you asked him if you could use it he said yes you go great now can you teach me
1: (laughs) all right yeah sit back so i remember going to i made a tape and i went to the the program director and i said is it okay if i do the overnights here I go, I'm ready. I should be able to do this. And he told me I didn't have enough talent for Omaha. And and I need to start in a really, really small market. I'm like, Omaha is in a small market. (laughs) I started sending out my tapes everywhere across the country. And there were fake audition tapes. And I got picked up by a guy named John Lastman at KEGE, 93.7 The Edge in Minneapolis. And I was finished with school. And I drove there with no money. This uh, guy named John in, in Kane, Kane heard the tape and he knew it was fake and he was just like, but he needed a producer and a sidekick. And I went to Minnesota. Next thing you know, the show was doing extremely well. I got picked up by a program director named Steve Kingston in New York City at 923K Rock. And I had no money. I thought I was going to be rich living in New York. And I realized that it cost a lot of money to live there. So I was going to be living in Jersey city <laughs> and pretty much everywhere in Jersey until I started making money when I got to MTV, it was a lot of luck being in the right place at the right time. And honestly, the the genre of music, I mean, it was when you're at that age and that's like your jam, we're talking alternative rock music was at an all time high and it was starting to cross over into pop. And that was kind of my thing back in those days.
0: So you can create a radio show, not in New York, it could hit and then it would get picked up almost like is it syndicated or how does that work out
1: so when i got to k-rock it was like we were young and just kind of the cool kids that's what we were i got to mtv by accident and you probably know this person her name is tara flanagan and she was the casting director over at vh1 she heard the show and she wanted to know what i looked like she saw my picture on the k-rock website called me she goes you look like you're 12 you'd be perfect for mtv I was hoping you sound older. I was hoping that you'd be cool, like for VH1. She goes, I'm gonna introduce you to a guy named Rod Asa. She called the K-Rock hotline. I had no idea who she was. And and if it wasn't for her, I would not have gotten to MTV. That. Rod Asa called me in and my first audition ever, I got it.
0: And there's this interesting thing between VH1 and MTV, um, you know, if you were on VH1, you could not touch MTV. It was very interesting, the branding between the two, but the talent departments interacted. I had a similar relationship with um, Melissa Chusett up at Nickelodeon. And like, I remember auditioning Lily Collins, trying to make her a VG. and I was like, oh, she's wow. just so young. I can't let her out of the family. I got her, walk her upstairs to, to Nickelodeon and like, she ended up hosting for them. And so I love that VH1 handed you us <clears throat> I gave Nickelodeon Lily, this is good reciprocity. I like this circle (laughs) of content here.
1: I love that you're using ACT words in our conversation.
0: Even though methods of connecting with people have evolved, the importance of connection still remains the same. Talking with people in different age groups, such as his son, for example, I mean, it's bringing back memories of why I love youth culture and their ability to make change. And I'm thinking back to the early 2000s, Brian, Got to meet people at various levels of fame at different points in their life to see people for who they are and and not and not what they are i mean i I'm, that britney spears documentary is certainly coming to mind and in fall 2021 He got to host a boy band tour with a bunch of the guys that we would see on the TRL countdown every single day of our lives. I just love how this pop culture that we created in the early 2000s that I got to be a small part of is still existent in our everyday lives. I love this reciprocity I'm getting now from like people, 30, 40 year olds, 20 year olds who grew up watching our content that we made in the late 90s, early 2000s. I love talking and connecting with people over the fact that they ran home by 330. to watch TRL or they miss 10 to the hour every hour I love connecting with people on that because I feel like that's like the return on all of those hours spent making that content do people stop you and do they recognize you do they ask you for 10 to the hour do they see you as a
1: vj (laughs) what it's the weirdest thing is because I've done a lot since MTV but always been known as the guy from MTV you know the frosted tips era It's more interesting too when I'm with my son, who's now like close to that age when I was on the TV, he's 19 and he's a sophomore in college. You know, while he was growing up, we would get stopped everywhere. But I was always embarrassed with my son because it made me feel really old and we'd be out grocery shopping. And I would just pray that nobody would recognize me from that era. And I I pray for it because my son would be like, oh, wow, you're so old. And because and I go, why would you say that? And he goes, well, because she said she grew up watching you.
0: That's really funny because he yeah. can't even wrap his head around, wait, why would people rush home to watch a show at 3.30 when they can just He's, go to YouTube and call it up and watch whatever they want?
1: got pictures of Dana as like a baby and a toddler on set at TRL. Yeah. That to me is cool. just like, mine is blown. I can't believe that one, he was born the month prior to nine eleven. I was holding him during that whole entire thing. And I, I remember watching the second plane go through and it was just like one of the saddest things ever. We were holding it going, what world am I bringing you into? You know, a month later we're doing this special at MTV with Carson Daly and Amanda Lewis. And, and I remember like, I didn't want Dane to leave my side. Every time I had to go to the city, I was always like making sure my son was nearby because I didn't just in case something happened where we were separated. I didn't want to be separated by him. So it was like, I always tell him there's, Every time 9-11 comes around, I'm always thankful that I have you in my life.
0: The first time in your life where you feel like a grown-up, and then you realize you don't have as much control over everything as,
1: as you thought. We were just kids having a kid, yeah. and we didn't know any better. And then we have this beautiful child. I couldn't be more prouder or pleased with, with him. He's, he's doing so well. He's a go-getter, which is kind of weird because he always starts to tell me about what Generation Z is like. And I go, being a millennial, I remember my first week at MTV – and I remember Pink coming out of the elevator and I'm walking in and I see this girl. Her record just dropped. Her single just dropped. I think it was There You Go or something. I saw the video. She's on a, like a crash rocket or something. And, and I was like, that's, I go, Pink. And she looks up like she was shocked that someone recognized her. And I go, you're going to be amazing. And that was it. It was the most, it was so embarrassing. And then years later, she's like one of the biggest stars. Got <laughs> Mandy Moore. She was so adorable and amazing. Mandy Moore's whole family for me was some of the fondest memories that I have from MTV. If someone told me that they didn't like Mandy Moore or any member of her family, there was something wrong with them. Everyone loved Mandy. She was just a sweetheart. And, and watching what she's doing now, I remember a couple of years ago, you and I were like hanging out and we we hit her up. She's never been too big for her britches. And she always remembers the people that came up with her. Because you and I were, the three of us always hung out. So like whenever there was something that I was supposed to do for MTV, Manny Moore and I were always together. We were always linked up as co-hosts, whether it be MTV New Year's Eve or whatever big show for spring break or... Or whatever it was, our beach house, or even if it was like Miss Teen USA, we we did that together. We were always together. Well, then people thought we were a couple because I, mean, I always that people always ask, "Did you date Manny more?" No, I didn't. So Manny and I became such great friends. There was an event that was going across the street. It was like some belt gaming thing. It was it something in Times Square oh, yeah, that we all arcade? Yes, like that. you were there. You were there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we show up after I had to do. I think it was like ten to the hour at that time. MTV News and. I was going that whole week, I was following Britney Spears around for a special that we were doing for MTV News.
0: I remember that because you brought her Starbucks or something in a show, and that clip plays on MTV over and over again. Was it her diary or?
1: Yeah, I did this special with Britney called 1515 News. Their very last special. Oh, and yeah, that's day, right. It was a week with Britney. It was when her album, Oops, I Did It Again, dropped. So I hung out with her the entire week. So basically, Britney and I became like thick as thieves or just hanging out like 24 7. But it was weird though, because the power of this pop princess, especially at that time, yeah. and I'm just a regular kid from Nebraska. When she came in, I was like, all of a sudden, I was in a trance. I like the people that I care about the most are sitting in front of me. That's Vinnie and Mandy Moore. And I was like, OK, guys, I got I got I got to go hang out with Britney Spears. She's really famous. So I'll be right yeah. back. And I mean, it, if you want to come back like, and
0: hang out at the theater table, we'll be right here singing Rent. <laughs> so whenever you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what we were doing table. back in the day, too. That's all we would sing is Rent over and over again.
1: Yeah. But Britney, so went, that was so, like a but yeah. there,
0: you have to realize at that point, Britney is obviously still a huge star. And in New York, where there's so much commotion when there's that much attention. I mean, we grew up in Times Square. We saw millions of people outside the window chanting, but it's weird when Britney walks into the room and that many people, it's like that type of energy that comes everywhere with her. It's a crazy type of energy.
1: There's there's two types of famous I've been around in my life. And, you know, both of us together, we've met everyone in the industry. But I I had never experienced Elvis Presley type idolizing more than when I was with Britney Spears and the boys from NSYNC. I never experienced that. And being able to be not just a fly on the wall, but actually be a part of that group. Yeah. It was like your heart's beating out of your chest. I, I'm getting nervous right now talking about it because <laughs> I remember just being with Britney for that entire week. I'd never seen fame to that level. And it broke my heart because even at that time, I think I even mentioned it to you is that girl had no privacy. And when I saw years later, you know, all the episodes of the battles with paparazzi and the the fame and her shaving her head, to me, that wasn't crazy Britney. To me, that was somebody going, I finally have the freedom and I'm going to take advantage of it. And I don't care who's watching now. Leave me alone. You guys want this beautiful pop princess? Well, I'm going to shave my head. F you. That's what I saw. I remember I did something with ABC News not too long ago and they wanted me to get in it. I said, it's like, stop glorifying. I go, you know, that's what happened to these girls back in, you know, the 2000s is that we not only sexualized them, but we glorified it. And it was okay to follow around somebody that's like underage for their every waking moment. It sickens me to even go back and watch these specials. And if they would have known what was in her head, I remember being with her that week. And we were at Saturday Night Live because she was hosting it that week. And we were backstage. And it was the moment her and I had alone together. But my cameraman, Bill Richmond, he was there and it was just him and I, he produced this whole little special that we did. And he just knew my style where I just didn't want to make it like a big deal that MTV was here. So I said, just keep the camera down, but, you know, make sure it's on us. And I had these like amazing, like one-on-one moments. And then like 20 seconds later, as we're in the middle of her, like talking about, what was coming from her heart as an 18 year old girl that was going through not just the time of her life, but more fame than anyone at her yeah. age should be able to handle. I was a taste of freedom for Brittany yeah. because she knew that I wasn't a part of their label. I'm just a new kid from MTV. So at the end of our shoots, we would hang out. I would take her to the clubs and stuff like that. And it was like this one moment where I thought I was super famous and Mm -hmm. Vinny, I wasn't because we were at club spa in New York city and we're sitting at a table, just me and Brittany and our bodyguard, big Rob or something like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. He was such a great dude. Big dude. dude. She goes, you want to dance? I'm like, sure. So we're at spa and he clears the whole dance floor. Everyone gets off the dance floor and it's me and Brittany. I can't dance. I, at all and no. she's doing her dance and we're dancing i'm like oh my god now i'm sweating like this is so embarrassing we get back like we'll go, go she goes you want to go sit down i go yeah we should sit down and <laughs> we'll go and sit down and this guy comes over to the table and he goes hey man i'm such a huge fan i've seen like all of your movies i really liked you uh what's eating gilbert great and i didn't really process it he probably thinks i'm johnny depp and brady starts laughing she goes she thinks that you're already from What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Leonardo DiCaprio. And <laughs> I'm like, oh man, like I can't have my own moment. Like, this is so I, I can now picture how you were uh,
0: dancing based on that comment, though. The,
1: the dad dance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that dad dance. You know, that was like in my early 20s, early to mid 20s. And that dad dance, is it's getting better.
0: <laughs> we had way cooler jobs than like we, we were qualified for it. At least I mm-hmm. did. I'll tell you that. Well, thank you for making time for this. I love you, B. And catching up with you is awesome. Yeah, I love you too, man. And ever.
1: <laughs> I know, me too. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I can't wait to hear this. And dude, I'm looking forward to watching and listening to um everything that you do. And also I would love to have you on something that I'm doing in the future. Yeah, count me in, man. I love that. I know. We'll yeah, do something. Yeah. We always
0: talk about it. We're getting close. Well, this Putting is where mic-
1: you shine. You're good at it. Oh, thank you very much. Other than other than the delay, you're a good listener. And that <laughs> that that makes a good host, which is fantastic, dude. Love you, man. I love yeah. you. Thank you for that, V.
0: You've been listening to I Have a Podcast with Vinny Podestivo. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, please find us at ihaveapodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next week.